Hey friends, on today's episode, I have my new friend, Dr. Jamie Morgan. You are going to love her. When I heard about her newest book, Her Calling, A Woman's Guide to Fulfilling Her God-Given Destiny, I knew she needed to be a guest on the podcast. Our prayer for you as you listen to this episode is that the Holy Spirit would activate you to get you off the sidelines and to start putting action behind what you feel God's put in your heart. For every excuse we can come up with, whether it be fear or lack of support, offense or shame, you'll hear Dr. Morgan challenge you in the most loving way to lay those excuses down and to rise up. For every excuse we give, for not walking in the fullness of our calling. Jesus will answer us, I died for that. God, I'm unworthy and ashamed. I died for that. God, I've been hurt by the church. I've died for that. So lean in and listen as we welcome Dr. Jamie Morgan to the podcast. Hey friends, I'm Julie Holmquist and you are listening to Kairos Moments Podcast. God's been speaking to you for a while, and you know you are called to something. It's time to stop playing it safe with your faith, time to lean into your calling, and time to bring those God-given dreams to life. It's time. Let's do this together. Welcome to the show, Jamie. I so appreciate you being on. I know my listeners will just so enjoy this episode. Thank you so much, Julie, for having me. Thank you for everything that you do for the Lord. And I honor you, woman of God. Oh, thank you. I want to jump right in to your new book. And I am so excited to share it with my listeners. It is called Her Calling. Why don't you let us know what the subtitle is and tell me how this book specifically equips women who have a God-given calling. I sure will, Julie. Um, The book, as you said, is Her Calling. The subtitle is A Woman's Guide to Fulfilling Her God-Given Destiny. This is the thing. If if you are breathing, you have a destiny. You have a calling on your life. You have a purpose. Whether that purpose is behind the pulpit in your church or behind the cubicle at your place of work or behind the front door of your home, you have a purpose to fulfill. And I wrote the book, Julie, that I wished had been written decades Mm. ago when I was launched into the ministry. I started as a teacher of the word, and then I was an evangelist, and then I was a senior pastor for 15 years. And and now God has um, called me into this apostolic ministry of raising up, mentoring women in the ministry. Bottom, bottom line is to thrust female laborers into the harvest field. The Lord encountered me and said, the hour is urgent. I need all hands on deck, both male as well as female. And he said, I've called you to identify, gather, mobilize, and mentor women called to the ministry. And so this book, not only did I write the book that I wish had existed decades ago, um, but it's also a mentor in a book. I I mentor women in ministry in in Trailblazer Mentoring Network, but if uh, my book would be a good place to start um, between, if I mentored a woman of God for maybe a couple years, this is what I would say to her the covers of this book. So it's Mm. basically a mentor in a book, a mentor I didn't have. I have mentors in my life now. I didn't for many, many years. 
the, the book takes you from, if you don't know your call, how to find your call, to what to do in the waiting room of God's promises, when you know what your call is, but it doesn't seem like it's happening. God, when, God, when, how, God, how, which I cried out to God so many times, you know, regarding, because it doesn't seem like it's <laughs> happening fast enough. And everything from practical things, like how to put a message together, traveling ministry, like practical tips on traveling ministry and um, how to recover from ministry hurts. Because although there is absolutely no greater joy than walking in your purpose, I mean, better than a designer handbag, ladies, better than the the most luxurious vacation you could ever go on (laughs) is there's no greater joy than walking in your calling. There's also pain. And so how do you recover from that pain? And um, and then, of course, the rewards, the, the, the eternal rewards of of ministry. So it's kind of a, it's my book. Her calling is a, is a mentor in a book. I love it. So why do you feel like this is a message that women need right now? Yeah, uh, it meant women need it now because so many, Julie, are on the sidelines mm-hmm. and not in the harvest field. Uh, so many, whether it be, whether it be because of lack of support or lack of mentoring or, uh, maybe fear or maybe feeling so many, so many women battle unworthiness. How can God use me with my past? How can God, I'm so unworthy, uh, whether it be, um, because they're on the injured players list, Mm. they're wounded and they're sitting on the sidelines and they're not in the game. They're not in the harvest field. And God is calling each and every one of your listeners, rise up, rise up from whatever place, apathy, fear, depression, uh, offense, uh, woundedness, rise mm-hmm. up and 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 take those steps to obey, to obey my call. Um, uh, so many. So many are there and, and the hour is urgent. Yeah, it is. And listen, the enemy has six, and you know, this, you're, you're a, a woman um, called of God. You're a, you're a woman minister. You minister to other women in ministry. You, you know uh, that the enemy has in some circles successfully shut the mouths of women mm. and women aren't just half of the church or two thirds. And so if I were the devil and I wanted to uh, prohibit the gospel from being preached, what doctrine would I create? Yes. Uh, Yeah. Let's put spiritual duct tape on two thirds of the church and tell them they can't preach the gospel. There it is. Yeah. And then only I only have then the the Lord then only has uh, one third of the church, you know, that's that's that has said yes to their call. So, and you know what? It's just time. It's time. Fear of man has to go, ladies. Yes. Fear of man. Zero fear of man. 100% fear of the Lord. Because honestly, Julie, I live my life from a place of no regrets. Now I have plenty of them. Oh my goodness. I, I And we all do. We mm-hmm. all have. Mm-hmm. I, like everyone else, has plenty of regrets. But I endeavor to live my life from a place of no regret. And to me, the greatest regret I could ever have would be to graduate heaven when I take my last breath and have my savior looking, looking into my eyes and saying, did you reach the people I've called you to reach? Did you do what I've called you to do? Did you say what I've called you to say? And me pulling one excuse out of my back pocket after the next, well, you know, I was too afraid. 
Uh, well, you know what? I just didn't have anybody to support me. Well, you know what? I was just, I got offended at some point. I, I had a church hurt. Mm, yeah. You know yeah. what? It kept me out. It kept, it, it just, I walked off of the harvest field, mm-hmm. like whatever. I, I don't care. Honestly, with each of our excuses, and we could all come up with them for crying out loud, but with each of our excuses, Jesus is going to point to the cross and he's going to say, I died for that. Like, right. like Jesus, I, I was, you know what? I just never got around to answering my call because I just always felt so unworthy. I hear this so often. You know what Jesus is going to say? He's like, I, I exchanged my worth for your unworthiness. And you literally walk the earth the moment you got born again as worthy. Mm-hmm. And you, 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 you kept your eyes on yourself and not on me, not on my worth. And so I, no matter what excuse we can come up with. He's going to say, I died for that. And we're going to be, that to me, Julie, would be the ultimate regret. Having lived my life from zero to whatever, a hundred, I'm going to think big. From zero <laughs> to a hundred. Some, some, some Christianity circles will say 120. I'm going to say a hundred. Okay. Never having walked in my purpose or not the fullness of my purpose. Mm. Listen, I want to say this to every woman listener. No one can stop the call of God on your life but you. Amen. Not your pastor, not your husband, not your denomination, not your anything, not your mother-in-law, your whoever, mm-hmm. your your haters, no one. You're the only one that can stop God's call on your life through limited beliefs. You know, you just limit God. You limit what God can do through you. That's why it's so important to rip off the rearview mirror of your past and to not to get your eyes off of yourself and onto the Lord. Cause what can we accomplish in and of ourselves? I got nothing, Julie. Mm-hmm. I got nothing. I can't, my heart won't beat unless God beats it for me. Yes. I can't take my next breath unless he breathes into my lungs. Seriously. I got nothing, but it's not about me. It's about what Jesus wants to do through me. I'm this really, I'm this cracked clay pot. Mm-hmm that God's God pours his spirit through and, and 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 works miracles in other people's lives as I avail myself to him. Yeah. I mean really it comes down to that. So a large part of answering our call is getting our eyes off ourselves and fixing them squarely on Jesus. Do you think that is the number one hindrance to women rising up and moving forward in their calling? I do. Okay. I do. Yeah. Their eyes are on themselves, whether it, it comes in the form of, you know what? I have a fear or I battle fear. I battle fear of failure. I battle fear of success. How about fear of public speaking? Like, or, or, or whether it, as I, as I said earlier, takes the form of, I feel so unworthy or I've, it's our eyes are on ourselves. Mm-hmm. The, the root of fear is self. Mm. You know, we, our eyes are fixed on Jesus Nothing is impossible with God. God can even, listen, listen, Julie, my life is, is living proof that God can literally use anyone. <laughs> I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just saying I was, I got born again when I was 26. I was a raging alcoholic. Mm. I was agoraphobic where I couldn't leave my house because of panic attacks and anxiety attacks. I was depressed. I, mean, I could go on and on. And I'd smoke three packs of cigarettes a day and had a mouth like a sailor for crying out loud. <laughs> I mean, I could go on forever talking about yeah. all the all the reasons why God can't use someone like me. But when I gave my heart to the, to the Lord in my bedroom in New Jersey it, on December 26, 1989, 
my, my, when I gave my heart to the Lord, I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, if you can take this messed up girl mm-hmm. and if you, you can do anything with her life, I ask you to do it. I'll go wherever you tell me to go. I'll say what you tell me to say. I'll do what you tell me to do. And I, I meant it. I meant it. And you know what, Julie, he did. And he is because we're all these works in progress, aren't yes. we? Yes. We're all like, we're you're like, we're not as messy as we were then, but we're still messy. Yeah. <laughs> and so God, you know what? God uses me in spite of me. I just have to keep my heart right. I have to keep my fire burn, the fire burning. I have to fan the flame. Yes. My, and I just have to make my, keep myself available and always give God my yes. Mm-hmm. When you mentioned fear being us, having too much of a focus on ourselves. It reminded me in Joshua, when the 10 spies, they said, we are as like grasshoppers, we can't do this. And it was Joshua and Caleb, who probably kept their eyes fixed on the promise that they said, we we are well able to overtake these enemies. Yes, that is a perfect example. Yeah. The other spies, as you said, were like, their eyes were on themselves. We look like grasshoppers and in their eyes. And they, they look at the job. They look, they were looking with their natural eyes at their circumstances. They were, their eyes were fixed on the giants Mm -hmm. and Joshua and Caleb, as you said, their eyes were fixed on the Lord and his promises. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't like God had told Josh, told the spies I'm giving you this land. Now go check it out. You know, it's not like go see. God didn't say to them, go see if you can take the land. No, you can take the land. Just go check it out. Go check out what I'm giving you. And oftentimes we, we live that way. We may Mm -hmm. start off with our faith shield high. Oh God, I'm going to go after my call. And then maybe an attack of the enemy will come at us from this direction. And then we begin to lower our shield of faith. And then an attack comes from this other direction Mm. and we begin to lower it until we, we drop it, you know, with regard to our call or our purpose. And I'm telling you, keep your faith shield high, keep it high. Women of God, keep it high. God wants to use you with your past. He wants to use you even with struggles you have in your present. You know, I love the book of James. There's a scripture, Julie, that says Mm -hmm. we all struggle in many ways. And it, it what is it saying? It's saying like, we're all struggling. Like there's mm-hmm. not a one of us is not struggling and probably not even just w- with one thing, but with several something. Right. Yeah. And God will use you right. Many, yes. you're struggling <laughs> Because we have, this is another roadblock to women <clears throat> not answering their call. Well, you know what, when this trial is over, when I'm out of this struggle, Oh, then I'll answer God's call. Well, listen, the day we got born again, we voluntarily enlisted, voluntarily enlisted in the army of God. We have an enemy. His name is Satan. People aren't our enemy. Satan is our enemy. And we go from battle to battle to battle, struggle, skirmish, you know, whatever you want to call it. Some are bigger than others. Some are, you know, smaller than others. But if we waited until all the stuff in our lives went away to all the battles, um, whether they be personal battles with our kids or our, our finances or our health, or whether they be battles with our ministry, we would never step out. And and God wants to use you right in the middle of the battle you're in. That is such a good word, Jamie. I have waited sometimes for my trials or my battles to end. 
I have my eyes on myself. Like no one's going to listen to me if they see me struggling in this way. But the reality is it's, we live in an upside down kingdom. People are more drawn to Jesus when they can see him in you in the middle of your struggle. You had mentioned that there's a waiting room of God's promises. There's probably many women who have given up while they were sitting in the waiting room. What mm. can you encourage yeah. our list, my listeners with to stay in that waiting room? What gives them hope to stay in that waiting room between the time they're called and the time they start walking in it? Yeah, I would say several things. First of all, that waiting room is your waiting room of preparation. Preparation is never lost time. It's invaluable. And so you you know that God is working behind the scenes or in front of the scenes in ways you can see and ways you can't see. You just know that, that God is preparing you. Also, we're funny as people. We feel we're ready way before God knows we're ready. Like, so for years, God, when, God, when, as I said earlier, because I was like, I thought I was ready, like right away, like when God encountered me with my call. Okay, God, let's do this. Let's rent out. Let's rent out the, I live near Philadelphia. Let's rent out the civic center, you know, the 10,000 C and I'll preach the gospel. And, you know, then time would go by. I was in that waiting room. Time would go by. Time would go by. And then when God launches us, this is, this. we're funny, when God launches us, yeah. am I ready? Am I ready? I don't know that I'm ready, Julie. Yeah. <laughs> so in some way, so you have to trust God. I love your podcast, Kairos Timing. That's God's appointed time. It's his perfect time. It's not the chrono, chronos, which is con- chronological timing. It's you trust that God's Kairos timing is perfect mm-hmm. for you. In the meantime, as you're sitting in the waiting room, which is hard, you know that God is preparing you. And in the meantime, you you do what God has given you, what he has placed in your hands. Mm-hmm. And you know that that God will launch you. He will connect. He will get you from point A to point B. He's God and stuff. Yes, and but stuff. <laughs> he will get you connected, you know, with whoever you need to be connected with. You don't have to, you don't have to connect yourself and try to work the room and try to you know, I love work in a good room, but I mean, I'm, I don't have to like elbow my way to the front mm-hmm. or I don't have to see if I could just had a, have a private meeting with, you know, famous minister so-and-so, right. I know that will be the open door. Well, let me tell you something, woman of God, if you look at people to launch you into the ministry, God will make sure you continue to sit in the waiting room. I'm telling you, <laughs> you, you keep your eyes on Jesus and you trust him. You trust him. And you in, in doing so, Julia, you know this as well as I do. We're, we're growing our trust roots yes. deep. So that when he does launch us, we will be like that palm tree that the storms can come. Hurricanes, you've seen, we've all seen video of like in Puerto Rico or a Caribbean island. Those hurricanes come and the palm trees like touch the ground. Mm-hmm. In it with the winds, and guess what? They don't get uprooted. Yes, because their roots are deep, 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 deep. Even as a stay-at-home mom, when I knew there was a call on my life, it's interesting. Even with finances, my husband worked two jobs. He worked full time for the state of New Jersey, and he was a handyman to so that I could homeschool to in order to make ends meet. But I I knew there was a call in my life. I used back those days, in those days, I had to believe God for a dish towel. I had to believe God for like 
like the grocery store would have deodorant on sale. Like mm-hmm. I'm just saying, like yeah. clipping coupons type days. But what's interesting, even with that, God was building my faith mm, muscles. Amen. So that when I became senior pastor of a local church and I had a million dollar budget mm. with the same faith. That's that a I good used, word. In the waiting room of God's promises for that dish towel was the same faith I used that God would meet the needs for our million dollar budget. Yes. David, I have killed the lion and the bear. Yeah, he he knew, he drew on his history. He drew on the lessons that God was teaching him so he would be able to take down Goliath. Exactly. What a what a great example of that. Growing his faith muscles exactly. You mentioned that there are countless numbers of women who almost answer their callings, almost use their gifts and talents and almost fulfill their destinies. I have as a senior pastor for 15 years, I've lost count the number of Christians, both men and women, that almost answered their call. Um, it was, I would have to say, mm-hmm. one of the biggest heartbreaks of being a pastor. And with God's calling and anointing on my life, one of the things he's always used me in is encouraging people in their purpose way before I was a pastor. I could sometimes even, God shows me, gives me a word of knowledge about somebody's purpose. But at the very least, I can see, I can look at the potential their potential and see the big ways that God wants to use them. And I thought that when I became senior pastor of that local uh, assembly, wow, everybody's going to walk in their calling. Everybody is now, because you know what? That's one of the, my, uh, w- that's one of my strongest uh, giftings is helping people walk in their calling. Yeah. It didn't work that way. It didn't work that way. What I see, this is the thing. I truly believe that, we, as I said earlier, in and of ourselves are limited. I mean, we, what do we have? We got nothing. So we're these limited human beings. Jesus is unlimited. He's God. Okay. You factor Jesus into any person's life. I don't care if they have a third grade education. I don't care if they grew up in a poor section of town. I don't care if they were told their whole, their whole life, you're never going to amount to anything. I don't care what they've been through. You factor Jesus into someone's life. You now have an mm. unlimited life. Didn't take into consideration, Julie, is that people limit God. They limit God. God can only use me this far. Oh, how about this? How about this? Let's think of some famous fe- a female, uh, mighty women of God preachers, Elisa Bevere, mm-hmm. let's say, or a Priscilla Shirer, Okay. It would be like me saying, you know, wow, you know, if I could just, if I could just be used of God half as much as Lisa Mm -hmm. Bevere or half as much as Priscilla Shara. And they're obviously being used of God in great ways. But I'm literally, do you hear me? I'm limiting God. Like I, like that Lisa Bevere as, and Priscilla Shara as I love their ministries, but they're not the goal. Yes. Amen. Jesus yes. is the goal. <laughs> and so you see, even the, that statement I just made, that's limiting God in right. my life. Priscilla and Lisa, they're doing their mm-hmm. calling. And they are. And they're they're to be admired and we honor them. I got to do right. mine. And I'm not going to limit God in any way, whether it be, as we talked about earlier, fear, unworthiness, I, I, I'm offended, I've, I'm wounded, whatever it may be, or... If like, like that a person is our yeah. goal, 
So because of that, I have seen so many almost, they would take the steps in the direction of Mm -hmm. their call. And then often, I'm I'm just going to say it, so many I have seen self-sabotage. I don't know if you've ever seen that or not, but I've seen it a lot. Oh, you know? I've done it. <laughs> I've done it. I've not only seen it, I've I've seen it in myself. I, I think you, in your network program, your Trailblazer mentoring program, you have courses yes. on ways to overcome those things like the imposter syndrome, the self-sabotage, the woundedness, all of that, because of, because God calls us. But unless we're getting healthy, we're not going to step into the fullness of that. That is so true. I have a a course, Emotional Healing, because I've seen people try to answer God's call. And that place of woundedness acts as a glass ceiling to to them answering God's call. As you said, I I have very... Uh, practical courses like how to write a book or how to launch your book or how to start a podcast. Uh, I just recorded a course last week, the 10, the 10 people that are difficult mm. to help. Yeah. Just like over my 33 years of ministry, this category, these 10 categories of people. Yeah. You're, you're going to beat your head against the ever loving brick wall. <laughs> um, you know, try to help them. And they really, they say they want help everybody that walks in the doors of your church, your ministry says they want help, mm-hmm. but, they're, but they're not willing. They're, they really don't want help because of either the limited thinking, all kinds of things. But um, I've seen that again and again and again. As we're coming to a close, I want to get your thoughts on 2 Samuel 11, 1, which says, talk. it's the scripture that talks about in the spring at the time when kings go off to war. David stayed behind. And we know that that's when he was tempted with Bathsheba and, you know, everything that happened after that. Do you see any consequence or result from someone not walking in their calling? Like David should have been at war with all the other kings. And to me, when I read that scripture, it looks like he was open and vulnerable to the enemy's attacks because of that. Have you seen that? I have seen that. First of all, you're out of the will of the Lord. When you're not obedient to God, you're disobedient to God. You're either obedient or disobedient at any given time. There's no such thing as partial obedience. We're either obedient or disobedient, which makes us, which, which, which opens the door mm-hmm. to the enemy uh, when we're not when we're not saying yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way regarding my call, for sure. I have seen this kind of touching on what we talked about earlier. So many women wait till the battle is done before then I'll, then I'll answer my call. This is what I want to say. Let's take a prodigal. Let's say, let's say there's a, there's a woman who has a, a, a prodigal child and, and they're so, con- obviously they're praying for that child and their, their, their hearts are so hurt and burdened for that child. And I get it. I understand. Um, the best thing you can do for that prodigal child is you walk in your calling. You walk in the joy of the Lord. Mm. You walk in your calling, whether or not that child or let's say an unsaved husband or whatever the situation, the person you're believing God for their salvation, 
what they desperately need is to see you walking in victory and joy, even though your circumstances dictate others. As we talked about, joy is a decision, just like love is a decision. We choose joy and we walk in the joy of the Lord and Mm -hmm. we answer God's call on our lives. They desperately need to see that. We actually hinder the people in our lives when we don't, when we hold ourselves back. Like, for example, let's say an unsaved husband. You know, well, I, I, I'm not going to step foot into ministry now because my husband's not saved. And, you know, when he gets saved, then we can do ministry together. Well, I get it. I understand that that's you want to do ministry with your husband. But the best thing you can do for him is to have him see you running after Jesus, fervently serving him and fervently serving in your call. He doesn't go around saying, this is what I need to see, but that's truly what he desperately needs to see. And your prodigal child or whoever it is that you're like so consumed with the pain or the hurt or the trial that you're in. So David, I mean, he was out of the will of the Lord and it opened him up to an attack from the enemy. We literally not only are out of the will of the Lord when we're not walking our call, but we literally are hurting or um, um, strengthening the stronghold in those around us when we don't walk in our call. I want you to tell my listeners a little bit more about your Trailblazer mentoring program before we conclude this episode and how they can find you and where they can get involved with this. Year and a half ago, no, I'm sorry, a year ago, I stepped down from being a senior pastor to step up into the call of mentoring women into their purpose, women called to the ministry. And it doesn't have to be pulpit ministry. It can be any type of ministry specialization. Uh, I have one woman I'm mentoring. She's uh, raising up a ministry for parents with that have children with Down syndrome. She herself is parent, excuse me, a parent of a child with Down syndrome. I have someone else that is, I'm helping her raise up a ministry um, to military wives. She's a military wife. It doesn't have to be preaching, although it can be preaching. It can be one of the fivefold ministry gifts, or it can be anything, anything in the kingdom of God. So when the Lord encountered me with this season, he showed me a harvest field and it was lush and, and ripe and it went on as far as the eyes could see. And he showed me these round black, what looked like discs about the size of baseball bases, intermittently placed in this harvest field. And I said, Lord, what are they? And he said, they are placeholders that I have placed in the harvest reserved for laborers. Um, and as you can see, he said, most of these placeholders remain vacant. And he said, I've called you to identify, to gather, and to mobilize and mentor women called to the ministry, any type of ministry, whatever her area of ministry specialization is, in order to thrust female laborers into the harvest field. And so um, and so I am. So I have developed, I the Lord told me to raise up a network, Trailblazer Mentoring Network. Um, my website is trailblazermentoring.com. I have three different levels of mentoring. My The silver level is my 25 e-courses that I have. The gold mentoring is that plus one plus a group mentoring on Zoom once a month. And then my platinum mentoring is all of that plus one-on-one mentoring on the phone with me, you know, once a month. 
So those are my three levels of mentoring. Again, you can check it out at trailblazermentoring.com. And um, that's what my assignment is. I believe, Julie, unless the Lord changes it, until I take my last breath, because the hour truly is urgent. Hmm. So with it, tell my listeners where you can find their, you just released this book in the last couple of days. It just launched in the last few days, right? Yes. Wasn't it just yes. even yesterday or yes. the day before? Yes. Yeah, had, that's right. That's right. It just launched and um, they can find her calling on Amazon or anywhere books are sold. Okay, friends, you're not going to want to miss it. I know I am enjoying my copy so far. So thank you again so much, Jamie, for being on the show. And I look forward to getting to know you even better. Same here, Julie. Thank you so much. Okay. Do you see what I mean about being challenged in the most loving way? Dr. Morgan is the mentor you've always wanted, and she's going to help launch you into your calling. Her book, Her Calling, will be available in the show notes as well as her mentorship program if you're interested. Go check it out. And if you haven't already done so, I'd love for you to go leave a five-star rating and a review for the podcast. See you next time.